I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. The anathema of God was for those who denied justification by faith alone. When that is at stake, we need to be on the battlefield exposing the air and combating the air. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Riff around the radio, you know. We are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you, and men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to, Blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. All right, I want to welcome everybody back to Semper Reformanda Radio. My name is Tim Shaughnessy. I am coming at you from El Paso, Texas. I'm glad to be here with you guys. And um, so today we have with us two of our co-hosts, and it's really good to hear from them. Uh, we have Joseph Rios and Joe Lanza. So the two Joes are in the house. And I think Joe, Joe has only been with us on one episode, but I really do want to bring him on as, as often as we can. I know that Joe's uh, schedule and my schedule sometimes uh, don't meet up, and that's that's why we're not able to make the recordings happen. And then I know that Joseph is just, he's been really busy, but um, I'm very glad to have these guys on here. So I'll give, uh, I'll give you guys an opportunity to say hello, and uh, and maybe you guys can just tell us how you've been. Oh, I guess I'll go first then. Um, I've I've been relatively well. Um, I actually just uh, had some minor surgery and uh, kind of recovering from that recently, and trying to get better, keeping some ice on hand. And uh, other than that, really not a whole lot's been going on. Just uh, trying to keep up to some of the silliness that uh, happens on social media to some extent. Hey guys, it's, uh, it's Joseph Rios. So, so I am finally formally going to be starting some seminary class in December, uh, kind of a, an ex- expedited class, and I'll be starting uh, the actual uh, coursework, it looks like, uh, in spring. So um, finally moving forward on that. So the, that's, that's maybe the, the busier part that's coming up. My, my work finally slowed down a bit, but... Uh, but I'm looking forward to that, getting to teach some of the classes in church in regards to the fundamentals. Um, it's going to be a master seminary extension, so I'm just really, really, really looking forward to to studying uh, the languages and maybe jumping in the second half of their Greek class uh, coming spring if they let me. Well, that should be exciting, and maybe maybe you can like do uh, some of the you can integrate some of the the stuff that you're doing in seminary and into the podcast so that way we can have some some content to to push out every week that would be really good 
Um, but before uh, we came on the air, we were, uh, Joseph, uh, Joe and I were talking about the John Piper controversy. We're not going to say anything about that here in this episode because uh, I really want to be careful with what we put out there. Um, but in the meantime, I wanted to recommend an article that I thought was really good. It was written by Douglas Dalma. We've had him on the show before. He is the author of the book, The Presbyterian Philosopher, which is the official biography of Gordon Clark. And he wrote an article titled Sanctification and Its Means. And I thought this was really good. It really helped me to, uh, to understand the means of sanctification and, uh, the place for works in our sanctification. And um, you can find the article on Douglas Dalma. His last name is D-O-U-M-A dot wordpress dot com. And the article is titled Sanctification and Its Means. And what I'll go ahead and do is I'll just go ahead and uh, attach this article into the show notes. So that way um, you guys don't actually have to pay attention to the URL that I just gave. <laughs> All right. So today's topic Joe Lanza is going to lay it down for us today, and I'm going to give the floor to him in a little bit. Uh, He sent me some information about an issue that he wants to talk about that he's been going over, and I definitely agree that we need to talk about it. Now, if you've been in the Bible-thumping wingnut hemisphere, I'm pretty sure that you're already familiar with this, that you're already uh, pretty well versed in, in this, uh, in this controversy. You, you probably already know uh, a little bit about the individual that we're talking about, but for those who maybe are a little bit unfamiliar with it, I'm going to ask Joe to give us a history of it. And the person that we want to, uh, that we kind of want to talk about is uh, Clayton Jennings. And the reason why is because he recently came out with a video. I think uh, Tim Hurd even talked a little bit about it in a blog. But Joe, can you uh, fill us in on what it is we're going to be talking about today pertaining to Clayton Jennings? Yeah, um, Clayton Jennings is somebody I was introduced to kind of through the uh, the pulpit and pen um, group. Uh, it was something that uh, I'm not going to go too greatly into detail because what's what happens in the bunker stays in the bunker is the general rule. Um, but uh, some tiffs between myself, uh, Clayton, and Jordan Hall, and, and a few other people um, ended up going down in there. And um, Clayton pretty much, uh, I guess he made made a name for himself amongst us. We we really tried to reach out to the guy and and help him. Um, you know, guide him past some of the uh, the the bad uh, the bad optics, the the way that his ministry looked to people. Um, and for those that aren't familiar, uh, one of the reasons why uh, his ministry looked so bad uh, to begin with was um, uh, the the guy is uh, a male model so to speak. He's, he's a good looking guy. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a fully heterosexual man and I can tell you that he is, he's a good looking guy and it's, it's not anything against him specifically. That's how God made him. But, um, as a result, uh, he ended up having a lot of female followers. Uh, we noticed, you know, in his, uh, presentations on YouTube and things like that, that, 
you know, he was always dressed a specific way and always had the, you know, the right kind of lighting and was very concerned with exactly how he looked, which is, is not really all that weird in the, the world of YouTube and social media and everything. But ultimately, uh, we saw that there was just a lot of female attention. And it was, you know, if you look, look through any of his videos, anything he ever says on Facebook or Twitter, the majority, if not 100% of the comments are from uh, women ranging in age from, you know, being 50 years old down to being teenage girls that are, uh, many of them are just talking about how good of a minister they believe him to be, and all the way to ranging to very inappropriate sexual um, uh, comments and things like that. Uh, so we, we talked to him a little bit about that, wanted to make sure that, you know, he understood that that, it really looks bad, you know, it's, it, it looks about as bad as, as two people uh, that are attracted to each other, living with each other before they're married. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything is happening sexually, but it does look very bad. It, it, it has that appearance of evil that we want to avoid. Uh, he didn't really take us up too much on that and didn't really appreciate the advice, so eventually went our separate ways. About a year later... Uh, Jordan Hall brings some uh, rather disturbing information to light about Mr. Jennings. He uh, uh, was being not only accused, but having evidence put forward about him, uh, about his uh, sexual trysts that he had with women that followed his ministry. Pretty much as we were praying, but suspected was happening. We were, not, we were praying that it wasn't happening. Um, ultimately, uh, long story short, we, I, I believe it was well over a half dozen, maybe even a dozen, I, I could be wrong about that, uh, women that came forward and said that he uh, had different forms of sexual interactions with him, uh, texting uh, information that he, you know, he wanted certain things from them. Uh, all the way down to actual encounters, um, and then things so far as um, him actually giving alcohol to women while not drinking anything himself, getting them to loosen their inhibitions to such an extent that they would uh, engage in, in sexual activity with him, and then he would push himself on them. And, uh, you know, to me, that, you know, at that point when you're essentially trying to get somebody drunk to an extent where uh, they don't understand what's going on around them anymore. You know, that's, that's getting pretty close to date rape at that point. Um, uh, all this, you can actually find uh, this, the story. Uh, it's actually called Clayton Jennings, uh, Money, Sex, and Cover-Ups, the story from behind or from beginning to end. So, uh, that is at um, at pulpitandpen.org. Uh, um, just go in there and type in Clayton Jennings, and then uh, you can find that article uh, in there. We can, I don't know, Tim, you might be able to put that in the show notes. I'm not really sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you a question. So during this whole time, and I mean, that's essentially what Bill Cosby was accused of doing. Um, and, you know, I'm not too sure how far it went with Clayton Jennings, but, um, you know, trying to 
loosen up somebody's inhibitions by giving them something that's going to alter the mind. Uh, so obviously, I mean, if, if something like that's going on, then the, then that's definitely a predator behavior. Uh, but let me ask you, was he, was he in ministry in an official capacity during this time? And if so, what did that look like? Well, uh, at that point, he actually had a license, um, I believe, given to him by his church. Uh, I could be wrong about where the actual license was through, but the only reason I know that specifically is because of logical inference that um, once these things came to light, um, he actually, his, uh, his mentor, which you could probably read about in that article that I mentioned, uh, is a well-known uh, preacher and evangelist actually pretty much disowned him in a sense, uh, put him out uh, to Satan uh, to to you know seek uh, correction and, and everything. So he ultimately, um, uh, it, I, I again, if I remember right, if my memory is serving uh, me properly, I I recall him actually admitting to all of this. And then at that point, um, went before his own elders at his his church, which his father was the pastor of. Um, and at that point, his eldership uh, revoked uh, Clayton Jennings' uh, license to be a a minister in in at least with their their church. And. Was that a was that a turning point for him to then try to repent and come to terms with this? Or because the video that we're going to be talking about today was a video that was put out recently, and you know I'm just wondering is he has he gone through a, a period of repentance, stepping down, uh, or is he just kind of continually put himself out there? And then made excuses for his his uh, sinful behavior. Um, well, if you asked Clayton or pretty much anybody that is still supporting supporting Clayton, um, you would hear yes, he has repented. Uh, what that repentance looked like in um, in these issues were him going and making another one of these videos similar to the one that we're going to review right now, what's kind of called a spoken word. It's kind of a, a beatless rap um, that people will do. Um, he went on, did a spoken word where he talked very vaguely, never referring to any sins that he committed, just generally saying he, he sins and that he has sinned and that he's done bad things which any number of us could say, which, you know, sure, we can, you know, we can say, you know, Lord, I, I repent for my sins, but at this point he's, he's made a public spectacle of his sin, and uh, the only thing that you could even remotely consider repentance was a vague reference to just him being a human being. Um, outside of that, there's not been any repentance. At best, he's, he's doubled down. And, uh, and, and we, you know, embraced kind of the, the idea that he's repented and that it's, it's not really a big deal anymore and that he should be able to continue to preach 
and all these different things. Obviously, he's he's still out there doing stuff. Um, he'll often he's made videos over the last year or so of him, you know, at uh, at his venues that he'll go to where he's been booked as a speaker, and he'll pretend like there was one specific one where he pretended like uh, the people that were his detractors had somehow thwarted him in his efforts to to you know speak at these events and he's like well i guess you guys finally won and you, you know you didn't nobody showed up and then he goes oh wait a minute and he turns around and there's a whole crowd of people and he's essentially mocking the people that have tried to call him to repentance for something that he admits that he did and then when we tell him that what he claims is his repentance isn't what repentance looks like, you know, in the public sphere at least, um, he, he'll then call us slanderers, he'll uh, go so far as to make videos like the one we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it sounds almost as if, you know, what you're talking about is analogous to, you know, the kid that gets into a fight on the playground and... The, the parents come in to try to bring reconciliation and, and tell the kid, you know, you, you're hitting people in the face and it's not cool. You know, you need to repent and say you're sorry. And then his, his response is just a general, well, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm human too. And it's like, that's not repentance. And, you know, that you're, you're really not showing remorse and sorrow for what you've done if you're going to do something that's that has a, a tone of mockery uh, to uh, against those who are actually calling you to repent uh, as basically what you uh, talked about in his uh, in his response about like well you know you guys finally got me no one's here and then he turns around and there's a crowd cheering him and it's like you know that, that, that just has a, a tone of mockery, like you said, and uh, doesn't show any remorse. But, uh, Joseph, did you have anything to say before we play the video? I just just briefly, what, what, uh, it's interesting because uh, I think we overlook people scoffing and, and mocking and stuff like that. Uh, I think we even, we even use it sometimes, and it, it definitely seems like there's a place for pointing out the irony in what somebody else uh, says. But it was just reminding me very briefly of, uh, of, of you know, Psalm 1-1. Where it says, you know, blessed are the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Um, and then contrast that, right? And then contrast that with a godly man, you know, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And uh, in his law, he meditates day and night. And then it goes on to describe, you know, the benefits of, of, of being godly in that way. And so I just, uh, you know, that, I'm sorry, that, that's just the first thing that came to my mind in your when you were describing how he responded. Um uh, the the scripture is 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 not uh, ambiguous in regards to that attitude, that arrogance, um, the person's heart that that's being put on display by them. Yeah, that's good. Definitely, thank you for pointing that out. And um, okay, so we have to give our listeners a warning because we do not agree with some of the stuff that Clayton Jennings says on this video that we're going to play and uh, we're, we're just going to play the audio obviously because we're a podcast but it's not just so much that we disagree with him theologically we some, some of the stuff he makes reference to his uh, genitalia and uh, i think in a pretty 
juvenile way. And so if you are listening with kids, we would say definitely preview this before so that as a parent you can you can make a, an informed decision as to their level of maturity. We, we don't want to cause anybody to stumble, but we don't feel that this is appropriate for people of certain age to, to hear. And uh, again, as a parent, we, we commend you to, to make that decision yourself. But if you do have small kids that listen to this, um, you know, please uh, preview this before. And uh, unfortunately, in order for us to talk about this, we're going to have to actually play it uh, in its entirety. So, Joe, did you have anything else to say about just uh, the censorship of this? Nothing specifically. Uh, the only thing I would say is that uh, I believe in answering the fool according to his folly. So I think at this point he has censored himself, but uh, in order to talk about this topic... I'm not going to censor myself as if I'm the one saying it. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm not. He he didn't use overly explicit, but he's definitely being suggestive. So I will, for the sake of accuracy in quoting him, I will repeat things that he actually says himself. Great. Okay, I'm going to play it in its entirety. All right. Some of you need to stop sitting down and stand up. Jeff's right when he tells men to man up. In today's culture, men have more in common with Madonna than Moses. I'm the poet of when I became a man, so you already know this. I denied Satan's lies like Judas with a middle finger and a slow kiss. I'm a river of lyrical waves and a crowd of mumblers who are flowless. But notice how I never called myself flawless. Shoot, you probably heard gossip about my past before you even saw this. But if God only used the faultless, He'd have nobody to turn the knob on Living Water's faucet. God uses the broken to preach the gospel and mold the complete. Most of you flap your gums about other people, but you're still stuck in your seats. You better take that log out of your eye before you keep bucking those teeth. I mean, God, when did men in the church suddenly become chicks? Have you forgotten you were born with a fist? So what are you using it for? I mean, what are you swinging at? Masculinity got minimized and I'm just bringing it back. If you want to shut me up, come see me with a gat. I'm crazy enough to walk into a gunfight with a bat. Trying to get me to sit down is like trying to put Rosa Parks in the back. You'd have better luck making America great again. How can it be great when we lost all of our men? It's time for somebody to stand up and fight back. Let's throw some gasoline on this wood stack and light that. And you can sit down and shut up if you don't like that. Some of us are sick of being told to pipe down. I used to be timid, but I reached between my legs and what they lack is what I found. So cowboy up and stiffen your spine. Come on, man, I'm telling you that this is your time. You were made to be a lion, so don't die as a sheep. I want to die standing and fighting. You want to die in your sleep. But there's no reason to make death wishes. Most of you are already dead. You died the day you let the lies of the sissified culture nest in your head. So you better shake that off in John Wayne this moment. You got one shot at this life. Come on, man, own it. Be a wall for your family. Be strong when they can't be. Start living for God and stop preaching this cotton candy. And if they don't like you, guess what? They can't stand me. But shooters never care about the opinions of Bambi. So kindle a fire in your cave and let's go slay some giants. Nut up and live life with defiance. Let the roars of lions penetrate the silence. With eyes wide open, hand in hand, this is a call to every woman and man. When the world sits, we stand. All right, so that was the clip in its entirety. And my first impression is I almost feel as if this was written by some juvenile male adolescence who thinks he's a tough guy 
And it's interesting because you get the impression that he wants you to rise up and like, let's go fight. And there's, there's a, a great cause that we need to address and as men. And I'm just thinking, what is he talking about? I, I don't understand the purpose of that because, and what's, what's so interesting about this is because he's talking about being men I'm thinking, dude, you sound like a juvenile. You sound like a juvenile adolescent kid because this is not what manhood, this is not what manhood looks like. This is not the way that man, uh, a real godly man speaks. Uh, yes, I agree with the general concept that the, the church at large, uh, that there is a problem of, of men being effeminate within the church and or just churches being effeminate because you see so many women in church as compared to men. And uh, I, I remember having a conversation with a guy at work and I asked him, you know, if he goes to church and he says, yeah. And I said, Oh, cool. You know, um, you know, that's, that's neat. I go to church too. And he says, yeah, I go, you know, cause the wife likes it. And I'm like, do you let her make all your decisions or just the important ones, you know? And I could tell he's, is kind of embarrassed about, admitting that, yes, I go to church and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's the wife. She, you know, church is for her. I think that a lot of times men in the church do feel this uh, catering to women. And so I can, I can sort of sympathize with that. I I, I sort of, you know, you, you see a lot of fathers and a lot of men absent from the church. And when they're out in the culture and they, they actually are Christians, they sort of shy away from, you know, owning their faith and, and, you know, they, they sort of cower before other men. And so I can, I can sort of understand that concept, but the way that Clayton Jennings talks about this, I'm thinking you're talking about being a man and you're basically running your mouth like an adolescent child. So Joe and Joseph, what are your guys' first impressions on that? Well, so I'm a little bit less prepared than him, so I've got one thing that stuck out to me, and then and I'll, let, uh, I'll let Joe take the floor. I don't want to steal any of his thunder. Um, there's one really specific thing that stuck out to me. So uh, we're lion, not sheep. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Uh, there's what there's a, there's a lion other than Judah in Scripture uh, prowls around, um, and that's the devil. Um, and the sheep are the followers of Christ. In fact, they're the ones that enter into the sheepfold. I'm gonna say no to that. Um, it's like he, uh, it's like he knows uh, what people have said about God, but doesn't know what the Bible says, uh, and and will sacrifice uh, the what the Scripture says explicitly for what sounds good, uh, which is which is really the mark of somebody you have to watch out for. So I mean, other than his crass way in which he spoke about things, I would say that that was a specific. Uh, um, segment that, that really caught my attention. It was it was completely contradictory to the biblical paradigm and what we are in regards to what God says. And, and Joe, I'll let you have it now. Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to focus on the crassness and, and obviously we know that the scripture has a lot to say about that. Well, not I guess actually it doesn't have a lot to say about that, but I would say that what it does have to say is is pretty clear, you know, Ephesians 4.29 uh, speaks about not letting uh, any, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word exactly, uh, any unwholesome talk, I, I, 
some other languages say abusive or corrupt talk. Um, just generally, uh, that idea is is kind of the way that we present ourselves before the world. You know, it it is something that uh, I believe to be sin. It's it's a sin that I've been guilty of. Um, you know, so it's not something that I'm going to stand there and say to Clayton, oh, how could you possibly do something like this? You know, I, I understand, you know, what, what he's trying to get at, but where he's going with this is, is pretty rough. Um, Hey Joe, did you want me to read that passage? Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. Ephesians four twenty nine. I'm reading from the, uh, ESV. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, uh, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Yeah, and so obviously we would say, you know, talking about your your private area that way, uh, flipping somebody off. Uh, he says he flipped off uh, Judas or Satan. That's not, you know, that, that's <laughs> it's not the way we address things as a Christian. And so, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that the Bible does say enough about the way that we should talk to to address this issue. But the other thing, Joe, um, you know, you, you said you, you understand where he's coming from and you get what he's trying to, to get at. But I think if you're going to be putting yourself out there as a as a pastor, teacher, or just trying to gain a following, I do think, and, and I know that you would agree with this, um, you're you're held to a higher judgment, to a stricter judgment, and you really need to be more concerned with, you know, the people that you're influencing and how you might be influencing them. And so uh, I think, you know, you're, you're in agreement with that, and I'll just, uh, I'll let you continue what you were saying. Well, I think, Really, it's not. It's not that. Um, I guess maybe the wor wording it the way I did is probably wrong. That I get where he's coming from. I, I would say that because of my sin, I I understand the draw to uh, to speak that way. And in in our culture, it's very much um, you know men talk like that. You know, our our president, for goodness' sake, you know he's. He's the, the locker room talk guy, you know, and, and the crash speak and, and everything. Um, so I'd say more so, um, I think I understand what he's trying to say. However, I think the problem is, is that he's not actually consistent with the, the subject matter. If, if you listen toward the end there, he's talking a lot about himself specifically and people that um, come against him and, you know, people that don't like me, things like that it, it were, were the things that he was talking about. He ends up talking about something about, uh, how did he word it, sitting in your mother's house or something like that, uh, sitting behind your keyboard, I think is one, one phrase that he used. Uh, he's not talking um, about effeminate, um, people in preaching or in church or the feminization of the church so much there he's talking about and it, 
this is where I, I'm a little bit afraid to go down this road because I don't want to accuse him of something he hasn't done. But based on his past and what we know about that and the fact that he hasn't been penitent at all about his past and in the sense that um, we've even seen him uh, still posting things uh, where he's posing with women that aren't his wife and things like that for pictures and, you know, things like that, which he is married now, um, has a daughter. But, um, again, I don't want to, I don't even sound like I'm accusing him of, of doing anything now because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, to slander him or anything like that. But it does worry me that he, he sees manhood as the expression of uh, asserting himself sexually, um, since that is kind of the language that he uses in this video. A lot of it being about, uh, I, I forget exactly how, what, where he was going with the, the words that he said, but he says uh, he reached between his legs and found what other people don't have. And then talking about how, uh, uh, something about, you know, talking about chicks, and then he goes to rhyme it with something else, stops, and says the word fist. And he's, both times, has referred to his genitals as something that make you a man. Now, granted, we're in a world now where people want to claim that you can be without any specific uh, gender and everything like that and and sure if that was what he was trying to get at but uh, it, it's that it's not talking about manhood in the sense of biological manhood but I think he's talking about manhood as in uh, what it means to be either manly or to stand up as a man or to be even a godly man I think is what he's trying to get at and yet he in both of those instances, he refers back to his genitals as a way of asserting himself as a man. And that really strikes me as a pattern with this guy. Is that is that how he thinks? And is he still thinking that way, considering the fact that we know he hasn't repented? Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, and, and maybe we could talk a little bit about, you know, what being a a godly man looks like and the article that i wanted to recommend was from albert moeller and um I, I i really don't know too much about albert moeller uh, but i thought that this article was uh pretty good it was from april 21st 2005 and i remember this being given to myself with a number of other young men and um the article is titled from Boy to Man, the Marks of Manhood. And um, there's, I believe, 13 marks. Uh, but number one is spiritual maturity sufficient to lead a wife and children. Uh, number two, personal maturity sufficient to be a responsible husband and father. Number three, economic maturity sufficient to hold an adult job and handle money. Uh, number four is physical maturity sufficient to work and protect a family. Uh, number five is sexual maturity sufficient to marry and fulfill God's purpose. Number six is moral maturity sufficient to lead as an example of righteousness. 
Number seven is ethical maturity, sufficient to make responsible decisions. Number eight is worldview maturity, sufficient to understand what is really important. Number nine is relational maturity, sufficient to understand and respect others. Number 10 is social maturity, sufficient to make a contribution to society. Number 11 is verbal maturity, sufficient to communicate and articulate as a man. Uh, number 12 is character maturity, sufficient to demonstrate courage under fire. Number 13 is biblical maturity, sufficient to lead as at some level in the church. Um, and the one that I think kind of stuck out to me, uh, as a matter of fact, if I went through several of these, I, I might be able to address more issues. But just an initial one that stuck out to me was number 11, verbal maturity sufficient to, sufficient to communicate and articulate as a man. And it, uh, the, the paragraph underneath it reads, a man must be able to speak, to be understood, and to communicate in a way that will honor God and convey God's truth to others. Beyond the context of conversation, a boy must learn how to speak before large groups, overcoming the natural intimidation and fear that comes with looking at a crowd, opening one's mouth, and projecting words. Though not all men will become public speakers, every man should have the ability to take his ground, frame his words, and make his case when truth is under fire and when belief and conviction must be translated into argument. And so, you know, just talking about how we communicate and communicate as men uh, and going back to just the juvenile adolescent way in which he was almost kind of presenting himself as a tough guy. Um, it says a man must be able to speak to be understood and to communicate in a way that honors God and conveys God's truth to others. And, and when I look at some of the videos that he puts out, I don't think that we can describe them as communicating in a, in a way that honors God, especially with the, the crassness of it. And then also, you know, Joe, you'd probably know more about this as to whether or not he's actually communicating God's truth. I wouldn't suspect that, that he really is. Well, um, I would have to say that there probably was a point when um, I know maybe it's a, a lack of discernment on some of our parts that before we knew that all these things were a problem with this guy that we didn't see these things except we we just we all knew there was something wrong. There's just something not quite right. That there were some videos where he gave a gospel presentation. No, he wasn't overly. Um, heady about it or anything he didn't he didn't use a lot of language that would be very specific but you know i think that uh, that you could argue that he has presented the gospel um uh, i guess since he's been um removed from his ministry i haven't watched any videos that he's done that were not something that was brought to my attention based on his um kind of ridiculous demeanor and the things that he says that are very prideful. So I can't really speak too much to um, the last year or so of whether or not he ends up, you know, letting the gospel slip through, so to speak. But um, 
yeah, I think that you're right, uh, Tim, that if you look at almost every one of his videos there, you know, the, the focus is very much on him. Um, the words that he says are always, it, it, he always, almost, I mean, I, again, I haven't watched every video, but I would, I'd be willing to put money on it. And I am not a gambling man that, that he would mention his own, um, situation, uh, where people don't like him, uh, you know, talking about the haters, so to speak, every single time. And he, as far as I know, the only people that really know who this guy is are the people that follow him and like him and the people that now know that he's a sexual predator. So who are these people that he's considering haters? So this is where I'm thinking that even this video here, though he doesn't say it specifically, and he doesn't name names, which he never does, and he never will. Um, he's talking about people like myself, or like, I mean, mostly, I 99.9% he's talking about J.D. Hall. Um, because J.D. has been pretty much the number one uh, whistleblower on uh, everything that he's done. Uh, you know, so much so that there's public figures, people like um, a woman that was on the show The Bachelor. She was one of the contestants on The Bachelor and apparently followed Clayton Jennings at some point and fell into his trap as well. You know, it's not it's not a secret out in the world, but again, the only people that seem to know who this guy is is the people that he uh, attracts and the people that um, pointed out his attractions. Well, and I also want to bring attention to an article written by Tim Hurd on our network. It's uh, because he actually wrote a brief article on, on this video that we're talking about today. And I'll go ahead and attach the article. And uh, it's, it's not very long. I'd like to read it just uh, because I know that sometimes with all the content that the Bible Thumping Wing Net Network puts out, sometimes uh, these things are missed. But the article is titled Clayton Jennings highlights his genitals and references obscene hand gestures in latest video. So Tim uh, published this actually on October 11th uh, of this year. So that's, that's really how, how recent this is. But in the article, uh, Tim writes, Jennings is a man who is running from correction. He has been stripped of his ministry credentials when church discipline was placed upon him, he left his home church, the same church where his father was senior pastor. Clayton ran from God into the arms of anyone who claims to be Christian that would embrace him. He no longer is accepted within Orthodox Christianity. He now runs among those who preach the health and wealth prosperity. He recently held revival meetings in a church whose pastor frequently holds healing services and has been known to use a well-known parlor trick to lengthen the legs of those who suffer leg or hip discomfort. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. What a charlatan. Uh, the reason for... Uh, and, and then uh, Tim provides uh, some of the links. Uh, the reason for Clayton being under church discipline has been documented here, and he uh, has a link to an article, I believe, by Pulpit and Pen. Clayton describes his rejection of Satan's lies as giving uh, the middle finger. He says, quote, I denied Satan's lies like Judas with 
a middle finger, and a slow kiss. Also, let's just stop right there because I think, Joe, one of the things that you were pointing out was the fact that, you know, who's he talking about? What lies is he talking about? And, and so when when he, he says something like this, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, and, and because he's, he's ambiguous about it, like we really can't uh, say for certain that he's, you know, talking about those who are criticizing him, but it does seem to be a reference to those who might be criticizing him and actually telling him to step down from ministry. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think really it, it does speak to that a bit. Like I said, there's not really a way to say for sure, and I'm sure if he if he ever listened to this by any chance, he'd probably deny that it had anything to do with any of that. Um, I would say more so because he probably sees us all as delusional or at least wants us all to be viewed as delusional by his audience. And he wants us to look like the the crazy people that, like he says, sits sits in in their mother's their mother's basement or something, and and just wants attention or whatever. So if he he thinks that if he references us by any you know any gesture that will um, we'll just take that and go oh well I got a, at least I got attention. But I mean really uh, again if he if he does hear this you know I again I would just urge him to to repent. I mean Clayton you're not doing anything but hurting yourself and hurting other people. You know it, it's something that um, is very serious and I think you already know that. But, um, yeah, I, I do think that um, there's a little bit of that. I think also uh, he constantly has to deflect um, things like that because I, in our society anymore, the more you repeat something, um, whether it be an argument against something or uh, an argument for something, people tend to start believing uh, that argument or or believing of the into in the absurdity of that argument. So, for example, um, the more he re- repeats uh, that these people are just haters, that they're just jealous, or um, these people are are slanderers, the more he repeats that, the more absurd it sounds when uh, you or I or JD Hall or any or Tim Hurd come forward with some new information about him. Um, it looks absurd to his followers. And at this point, that's, that's the only thing that matters. I, I, one of the things that I've, I actually said directly to Clayton, which is what really led to him uh, saying some rather nasty things to me was uh, I told him uh, he needs to apologize. It was about a different topic, but he needed to apologize for that topic uh to his followers because he was using his followers in a way that I thought dishonored his followers. And that was the last straw for him. He, I was actually being calm and kind. And he, he, at that point had let kind of let his guard down. He, he had apologized to some of us for the way that he was acting and things like that. And I just said, you know, I, I appreciate your apology, but you also need to apologize to your audience. And at that point he could not deal with that. And I think that's uh, indicative of his, his overall attitude is it it is all about the spotlight for him. 
And um, I think that this video is, is partially that as well as it is. Um, it's actually, surprisingly enough, it's promoting a book for somebody else. I, I don't know why anybody would want this attached to their name. Well, maybe because, you know, you know it's, it's funny. When, when people become self-promoting, <laughs> they'll, they'll take almost any, anyone who will promote promote them so you know that that might be why uh but let me ask you this joe and then we can go ahead and wrap it up here what is what is your purpose in bringing this to light on a podcast and talking about uh somebody like clayton jennings um you know i i don't i think that most of the people that are in the bible thumping wing that would probably agree with us on this one that you know some of the stuff that we're seeing coming from clayton jennings is is not good and should be um, pointed out but what is what was the reason that you wanted to talk about this on, on our podcast um well there's a few different reasons um one thing i you know i didn't i didn't want to bring any more attention to him than needed uh, but you know it, inevitably anytime you you critique anybody you're going to bring more attention to them um, in a similar way that I don't think he wants any more attention brought to us uh, you know even looking at his video he has just over 15,000 views on it when a lot of some of his other videos have over a hundred thousand or six hundred thousand views you know he has a lot of views but this one didn't really get that many um, so I kind of hesitated to, to do anything, and that's hence why it's been uh, you know a week or two since he's released the video. But my main reason is um, kind of warning the sheep, you know, so to speak. He you know he talked about us not being sheep, but the people that um, that he's leading are sheep, and uh, many of them goats, I'm sure. Uh, and he is in in that sense, he is a wolf that's prowling the field and, and just waiting for uh, the shepherd to turn his back. And um, at this point, you know, we, we aren't the shepherd, you know, Christ is, is everyone's shepherd, but uh, Christ does uh, tell us to point to the wolves, to, to mark them and, you know, make it known that, that they're there. And at this point, um, Clayton is way past the stage of, of calling him a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think he's just a wolf. I, I don't think that um, there's much clothing left, you know, not, no pun intended, please. Um, I, I think that um, he he's dangerous, uh, I think not only spiritually, but temporally in this world. I think that um, he's actually a predator. And, you know, I, I also want... Um, people in the audience to to pray for his family to pray for his wife uh pray for his new daughter um pray for his father as well as a lot of this seems to have um gone by the wayside as a result of his help uh you know it, it's it's a big problem throughout his entire family and i i think he's he's drugged their name through the the dirt pretty badly um so i want to pray for him i want to pray for his family uh, and I want to pray for his follow followers, and I also want to sound the alarm about him as often as I possibly can uh, when the opportunity uh, 
appoints itself. And what would repentance look like? Um, you know, you're calling him to repent. So what what would that look like? What do you what are you as someone who's had direct um, contact with him, as someone who's uh, calling him out and calling other people to watch out for him? What does that look like in in your perspective for him to repent? Well, I mean, ultimately, uh, the the Bible makes a distinction between uh, an earthly repentance and a godly repentance. Uh, you know, the earthly repentance brings sorrow. You know, you can you can essentially feel bad for the things that you've done, but um, ultimately, it's not it's not from God. You know, godly repentance brings about a change of mind, and and it's been clear that. Um, that Clayton has not had a, a change of mind. He, uh, th- like I said, I think that this video is indicative of him um, having the mindset that his sexuality and the way that he presents himself sexually um, is what makes him a man. And that makes me think that during all of those sexual encounters with those women, that he believed that and that he still believes that. And at that point, that tells me that his mind has not been changed. He has not experienced that that metanoia. That it is it is ultimately a gift from God. Um, God would is the only one that can grant that to him. Um, but God still gives us the responsibility. We are still responsible, um, and we pretty much I just I call him to uh, beg for forgiveness. Uh, beg, beg it from his audience. Beg it from the women that he's abused. Beg it from God. Number one, beg forgiveness. I mean, I, treat it at this point like you're standing before God at judgment. Don't, don't wait that long. But Clayton, get down on your knees and beg for forgiveness for this. Jesus is is a wonderful Savior. He he died on that cross for sins such as that. And really what, uh, what I think stops a lot of us, um, myself included, I've, I've had moments of, of, of unrepentance. And when I, I'm ultimately thinking only of myself and I obviously at that point don't think, uh, lowly enough of that sin. And the only reason a lot of people end up repenting is because they get caught at something. And what that ends up being is a, is tends to be a representation of that earthly, um, worldly sorrow that does not lead to actual repentance. Yeah. I think it's important to point out basically what you just said is that unfortunately, a lot of times people will say they're sorry merely as a means of self-preservation. And, you know, for me, hearing about Clayton Jennings and some of the stuff that's happened, uh, it is just clear that he is not fit for ministry. And because he's still putting himself out there in ministry, really is, I think, a strong indication that he's not repented. Because I think that in, in a situation like this where allegations of, of preying on women have come forward, I think that really you should just, you you need to stop putting yourself out there, repent and 
get yourself off of a platform and stop, you know, making these these juvenile videos to to look cool and you know with the with a soft piano playing in the background and you know it's a it's a well put together video but um you know th that would be my concern is that him continuing to put himself out there um but you know go for it joseph there you go so so you know the joe you referenced uh part of uh you know second corinthians uh uh, seven ten. I, I wanted to, to just kind of finish off that that verse because um, you were talking about the difference between a, um, a godly sorrow uh, and a and a worldly sorrow. And so the the, the verse goes uh, like this: uh, It's Second uh, Corinthians seven ten. Uh, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to uh, salvation. But the sorrow of this world produces death, um, and so as I think it's uh, the, there there being the the, the distinct uh, distinction uh, between the two kinds of, of sorrow. The worldly sorrow produces uh, death, um, that temporary regret uh, for consequences or the, de the desire to avoid consequences is not uh, saving. Um, it is a it is um, it is leading to death, and and so. Um, when you see somebody um, who who apologizes, um, you know, for what they did, and then they keep on doing it the way he did, um, and they and they continue the pattern of it, and, and you keep on hearing about people with with coming forward about him, uh, we have enough witnesses in which uh, one can lay charges. Um, so we're biblically, uh, you know, uh, good to go forward on that. Um, man, it's a it it, it it by all appearances would be a. Uh, the worldly sorrow and, and and based on what he's the way he's talking in his video and, and the his approach to his opponents as it were the scripture actually teaches us to uh to approach our opponents uh differently uh than than, than he does um but in addition to that um it, it's showing a, a lot of pride a lot of arrogance um and and out of the, the abundance of the, the the heart the mouth speaks so i, I think that it, he makes it painfully clear to, to anybody with eyes to see where where he's at and where he's coming from um, and, and yes, I think it's, uh, you know, on any, on any media we can, where, where we could point out somebody like this, that people need to watch out for, and maybe not for themselves, but for their friends, um, that, that they pray for him as well, that he repent, but also that they protect themselves and their friends from people like him. And also kind of to address anybody that might be kind of looking at us, like we're, we're just nitpicking at, uh, you know, how, how repentant somebody is, you know, oh, well. He didn't repent as good as you do, you know, anything like that. But um, even even if you you don't you don't think that we're being fair in that and saying that the repentance that he had was actually what um, uh, what we we would expect from somebody to actually be penitent, um, we we would point you to how he's reacting to his elders again. That article that I referenced at the beginning of the show uh, at, at Pulpit and Pen, go ahead and go read that. And it talks about how his elders um, revoked his license and and pretty much told him, step down from the ministry. You're no longer qualified to do this. At that point, you know, we, we are called to be under our elders, uh, especially if we're going to be in, our, in a ministry like that. Uh, and at that point, I believe that he's in sin just in the sake that he is not listening to his eldership. So if, if 
at any point you think, oh, well, you know, I don't think that that's a problem, I would, I would stand to argue that he's currently living in sin, being in disobedience to his elders. And, and just to just to touch on something you said, I, I think that the, the that the, somebody who is asking that question doesn't understand what repentance is. So the, the so the if we're saying he's not being repentant enough, then then we don't understand what repentance is. Um, that that would be they might mean that that he's not being sorrowful enough, right? Uh, the, and and that would be the the charge we would levy, but that that wouldn't be it. We would say he's not repentant. Uh, he hasn't had a change of mind. Uh, he hasn't turned away from uh, from that because he continues in it. Um, and so, the, so nobody, nobody is repentant enough or not repentant enough in so much as they, they, there needs to be a change of mind, which, which is the, the idea of the word. Um, we're not saying he's not sorrowful enough. Uh, we're saying that the, the fruit of the, of, it, of his heart, which he makes manifest, uh, as it, as it, Jesus says, you know, a tree by its, its fruit, um, it would seem that the, the sorrow that he had, uh, was not a godly sorrow. Yeah. And I would, I would leave with one last thing that, um, I want to make the distinction as well, um, mainly just with my interactions with Mormons, and I know this isn't about Mormonism, but uh, there is a misunderstanding about repentance among um, people that have a works-based uh, righteousness system that uh, repentance then also means that um, you fully stop doing any sin that you had previously repented of. Uh, and that's also not the definition of repentance. What we're talking about with showing evidence of repentance is bearing fruit uh, in in consistency with that repentance. So, so an example of that would be him stepping down from his ministry as uh, ordered by his eldership. If he, uh, you know, isn't isn't concerned with you know just his image or maintaining his audience and all these things, that shouldn't be a problem. You know, at that point, you've you've lost the ability to preach the gospel because your eldership took that ability from you. So if your only concern was preaching the gospel, well, then you should step down. But I think that at that point, we can at least say in that instance, and not just with that, but at that point, with that instance, that's an example of him going directly against that which he said he's repented of. Yeah, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think it's a good uh, place to wrap this up. Uh, Joe, I, I want to say thank you for you know wanting to bring this to light. I, I know that it's never easy um, addressing topics like this, but uh, I really appreciate you leading us in, in our discussion today about the issues that pertain to uh, Clayton Jennings. I am going to link uh, several articles by Pulpit and Pen and also by, uh, by Tim Hurd uh, so that our listeners can also read up on this. Um, and, you know, we, we are going to be praying for Clayton Jennings and, and hope that uh, God will uh, bring him to uh, repentance uh, as, you know, as we would hope to see. And again, I want to say thank you to, to Joseph and Joe for coming on the show. Um, and, you know, I hope that it's not another six months before we hear from you guys again. Uh, I really like having you guys as, as part of uh, Semper Reformanda Radio. And um, so hopefully you'll be hearing from these guys more frequently, more often. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll try to coordinate our schedules and, uh, and make it happen. 
But uh, in the meantime, I want to wish everybody out there a blessed week. And we'll check you next time. God bless.